This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What if we told you about a major breakthrough on awesome savings on all-inclusive beach vacays? OMG, this could break the case. Case? I'm talking about CheapCaribbean.com. It's full of hot savings. At CheapCaribbean.com, score an extra $175 off site-wide on vacations of four nights or or more now through June 3rd. Swim up bar in Punta Cana or dip your toes in the sand on the shores of Cancun. We got to take this show on the road. Start at CheapCaribbean.com. Crazy in Love is the true crime podcast that tells love stories with a twist. What started as a quick Facebook hookup turned into a year-long steamy relationship. Sometimes the twist of a knife. I mean, she didn't just shoot him once. In self-defense, she shot him six times, which in the end... But do his death. Just because things start off with once upon a time doesn't mean everyone lives happily ever after. This is Crazy in Love, a production of KT Studios and iHeartRadio. I'm Courtney Armstrong, a true crime producer at KT Studios, joined by fellow producers Stephanie Lidecker, Beth Greenwald, and Chris Graves. We're exploring the story of the lawyer, the honor student, and long-distance love gone wrong. 29-year-old Ryan Poston was a successful and handsome lawyer who ran his own firm in Cincinnati. He was well-educated, well-traveled, and from a prominent Kentucky family. He was the guy who was never at a loss when it came to women, and he also liked his guns. 19-year-old Shayna Hubers was a brunette beauty who was described by friends as smart and driven. She graduated from the University of Kentucky in three years, was a Dean's List student, and was pursuing her master's degree in school counseling. Shayna was also a middle-class girl with big dreams. Ryan met Shayna on Facebook through Ryan's cousin, who was a mutual friend. What started off as a first date ended up being a year-and-a-half long-distance relationship. Over the course of the relationship, they exchanged a staggering 50,000 text messages. Friends say their relationship was very on-again, off-again, and described it as volatile. For Shayna, the romance was always on, whereas Ryan tried several times to break up with her, 
But Shana would cry, and Ryan didn't want to hurt her, so he held on until he couldn't. Ryan's this, you know, 29-year-old, really good-looking guy. He's lived all over the world and gone to private school. He's got a pretty well-off family, and he's come up the ranks in a law firm. He graduated from law school and then went off to start his own law firm. But one day, he's hanging out with his cousin, and they're looking at her Facebook, and he spots this young woman who he's super attracted to. And the cousin's like, oh, this is my friend Shana Hubers, and introduces them over Facebook. This is a perfectly relatable love story. You meet online. It's also a vetted person. You know, Ryan is meeting somebody through his cousin. And so you can imagine these two people start chatting on Facebook. We all curate our pages. So they probably saw all the best pictures of each other, got pretty fairly attracted to each other quickly. And I think within a month or so, they'd been, they met in person. And she was 19, I think, at the time. It just blossomed into this really kind of hot and heavy relationship for the start. Even though they lived about 90 minutes apart, they were really committed to seeing each other and getting to know each other and like seeing where the relationship could go. Ryan's practice was up and running and Shana was really ambitious, but she was still in school. So I think the two places they were in in life were really different. 10 years difference in life experience. So, I mean, that speaks to just about every category of how they were living and who they were at that point in their lives. Yeah, I mean, obviously the age gap is... I think some people would say not ideal, but I think we've accepted that love doesn't necessarily know an age. Because he was mostly in Cincinnati and she was at school that was two hours away. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a huge distance, but it's long enough that they weren't necessarily with each other every day. I actually have been doing research on long distance relationships and have found that certain long distance relationships actually build a stronger base than same city couples because you really are relying more on communication and you really have to be committed to it. So for Ryan and Shana, this could have been like a really nice starting point to their relationship because they really had to want it to make it happen. The on and off again nature of this relationship, there had to be issues and it seemed like she was very clingy. Yeah, she couldn't get enough of him, but it sounded like he kind of got tired of her before she got tired of him. A friend of his was was talking about how he was sending him texts about how he wanted out of the relationship, but he wasn't sure how to get out of it. I would think her age probably had something to do with that. She would text him repeatedly and he was out there working and wouldn't have time to respond. And I think that added a lot of fuel to the fire of why he wasn't responding. And it seems like she would really spin out of control when he didn't respond or she didn't get what she wanted. Yeah, which to me sounds like someone who's pretty immature. Well, what also spoke to some of that was Shana's behaviors with Ryan's social media. Shana would hack into Ryan's Facebook and she would delete attractive young women or or really anyone that, that she was feeling jealous of from his Facebook account. And she would even send messages to others. And that's crossing all sorts of kind of lines, like very territorial, very possessive behavior. Yeah, I mean, I personally wouldn't know how to handle that if someone was doing that to me. And it sounds like Ryan was getting to that point, too. I mean, he texted his cousin. This is getting to restraining order level crazy. It doesn't sound like he was a fan of what she was up to. You know, to even mention a restraining order, I mean, this was a new relationship where it's supposed to be, you know, loving bells and swooning and And instead, Ryan was more or less being stalked. And, you know, I understand him not wanting to hurt Shana's feelings. I mean, he's a good guy. And I think with her mind and the way that things were working for her, it just caused her to spin out even further. Nowadays, everyone is ghosting everyone. So the fact that he was even just trying to communicate with her speaks volumes to his character. 
But I think also from Shayna's point of view, she doesn't want to lose this relationship and she feels far away from him. And so maybe she thinks if she fights for it, he might see it differently. Also, according to one of Shayna's high school friends, she had a really long history of being extremely jealous and she would get extremely upset when boys broke up with her in a way that is, you know, considered a little extreme. So maybe there was a little bit of a history there. And that's a very scary feeling when you feel like someone's not taking the hint and they keep wanting more. Even his father had a couple of stories. One was that he met with Shayna to tell her that, that he wanted her to leave Ryan alone and to get out of his house. Um, I do know Ryan showed up at his dad's house and told him, can I stay here? I, I can't get her out of my house. And the dad's like, "Just it's your house. Ask her to leave. And he's like, this is just easier. I mean, that's a person who's sounds like he's out of options with trying to reason with someone. The father told that night that Ryan stayed in court, he said, all night long, all I heard was Ryan's phone going off and it was texting from her. And the police testified that there was 50 to 100,000 text messages from Shayna and that for every 100 messages from her, there'd be one from him in response. I imagine Shayna probably was feeling increasingly frustrated. And I think that's a totally normal thing to feel. And what do you do when you feel annoyed with someone? You start to text them more. And then it's kind of snowballs from there. Shayna would have had three ways if he would post more pictures of him and Shayna together on his social media. And that's twisted. And it's manipulative. And it really speaks to Shayna's state of mind and how desperate she was to try to hold on to Ryan. So, you know, what's crazy is, is that Ryan's father... Um, he'd actually met with Shayna um, because she was, you know, his son was having trouble breaking this relationship and he didn't think it was healthy. And he met with her and to tell her to leave his son alone and to get out of his house. I mean, that's a pretty high level thing to do from a parent, right? On October 11th, 2012, Shayna had dinner with Ryan and his parents. The couple returned to Ryan's condo later that evening, and there was an explosive argument. Ryan wanted to break up with Shayna and see other people. Shayna did not feel the same. Shayna found out that Ryan had lined up a date with a former Miss Ohio for the following evening. Nonetheless, Shayna and Ryan spent the night together at Ryan's house. At 3 a.m., Shayna called her mother completely distraught. Her mother drove to Highland Heights from Lexington, which was a 90-minute drive, and ended up at Ryan's condo at 5.30 a.m. Ryan awoke to see Shayna and her mother in his condo. It was at this point that Shayna complained of chest pains and her mother took her to a local hospital. She underwent an EKG and later texted Ryan with a list of her medications. So mom took Shayna to the hospital and Shayna was texting Ryan you know, basically trying to get attention. Um, I have this heart disease. I'm going to need all these medications. And what later came to be of all that, that she was Googling these conditions and the medications and texting it to Ryan. Although she never went to the doctor, right? That came out later. She told him she'd gone to the doctor, but she actually hadn't. She was trying to engender sympathy from him again because she knew he wanted to break up with her. So she was making up an ailment that she thought might attach himself to her for longer because he didn't want to leave a, a woman who was sick. Again, she was playing on his sympathies. The next day, on October 12th, 2012, Shayna returned to Ryan's condo unannounced as he was getting ready for his date. 
She grabbed one of Ryan's guns, a semi-automatic pistol, and shot him. Then she called 911. Here's an excerpt from the call. Kimmel Kelly, 911. Ma'am, I killed my boyfriend in self-defense. What did you kill him with? A gun, a loaded gun in the house. Tell me where the gun is right now. The gun is in the house. I laid it on the bookshelf. Where are you? I'm standing about 10 feet from his dead body. Okay, are you sure that he is dead? He's dead, ma'am. He's completely dead. Someone is outside almost right now, but I'm going to stay in line with you, okay? Ma'am, and then because he was twitching and I knew he was going to die anyway, and he was making funny noises, I shot him a couple more times just to kill him because I knew he would have been I'm sorry, you said you shot him a couple more times after that? Yeah. How many times did you shoot him total? I don't know. Okay, because he was twitching and you knew he was going to die, so you shot him again? And not to make sure he was dead because he was twitching so bad and it got on to lay there and twist. So you shot him instead of calling 911? Yeah, I did because I knew he was going to die anyway. I mean, she didn't just shoot him once. Uh, in self-defense, she shot him six times. Well, not only that, she admitted to it to the 911 operator i shot my boyfriend with a gun you think it was self-defense and then later in the call is oh yeah no no he was twitching i shot him again that's admitting to murder in a 911 call even the 911 operator was taken aback i mean she she said to shana you shot him a couple more times after that if your body is twitching that's an indication that you're still alive and potentially could be saved so she really wanted to save her boyfriend and she shot him accidentally, there may have been some time left to do that. Right. I mean, she shot him six times. So that's not just, oops, I shot you or you're coming at me and I shoot you. That's overkill. And as crime producers, we see this time and time again. If it's a crime of passion, you are overkilling someone, which means you are making it worse than dead. You want to make them really suffer. You want to make it brutal. You want to make it bloody. And that's what she did. Which isn't self-defense. It's murder. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the 911 operator, I think, kept her cool and knew not to say that, you know, what she was thinking, but also got Shayna to elaborate. It's one of the most amazing 911 calls I've ever heard. I think she was thinking she was being smart, but she was totally showing her true colors in that moment without realizing it. You know, I don't know if it was in the heat of the moment or stupidity or, or some sort of pathology, But you started off saying it was self-defense, and then it completely spiraled into directly admitting to murder. Yeah. And not only that, as they do the investigation, they come to find out that she had called her mom before calling 911. So there'd been 15 minutes that transpired before she even called 911 after shooting Brian. This is beyond bizarre. There was a chance for him to survive the shooting, and if it really was self-defense... Shana should have immediately called the police in fear of her life. Yeah. It it makes zero sense. That's enough time for him to bleed out, which I think is what actually happened. According to the autopsy report, he had been shot at almost every side of his body, which would imply that at one point, you know, he's trying to run away from her, trying to run towards her. It doesn't scream self-defense if he has his back to her. Also, because the automatic weapon that he used had a safety latch that was undone, It kind of made this crime seem a bit premeditated to officials. Did she have experience with firearms? Do we know that? Ryan would take her and teach her how to shoot at the firing range. 
She actually had a text exchange with a friend from the firing range um, that said something really effective. I want to shoot him or something. She said she was so infuriated with Ryan in the on again and off again that she wanted to shoot him while at the firing range and make it seem like an accident. It was his gun. He teaches her how to shoot this gun and then she uses his own gun to kill him. Basically. Brutal. Apparently the night that he died, Ryan carried the gun as he did every day. And when he entered the condo, put it casually on his dining room table. The amount of times that he was shot, again, six times, speaks to the fact that's anger. That is rage. That's, I want this person dead. Not only that, it's close range at his head is, is at least one of them. That speaks to motivation that is backed by rage. People don't shoot people at close range in the face unless there's some emotion behind it generally. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 website for details. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why GameBridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity, and it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. GameBridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Please visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. I 
I know that he had had a tough day at work, you know, because he's starting his practice, but he had made a date with this Miss Ohio person. So he was going to go get ready. And when he got home, that's when he, did she show up or was she already there? Beth? This is where it gets a little murky and it's hard to know what to lean into. One version of this is that Ryan called Shana that night and said he you know, wasn't going to see her that weekend and that she found out on her own that he had this date. And, and maybe it's because she'd been hacking into his social media. But basically, Ryan was saying, I can't see you this weekend. But then she found out he's going to meet this woman who is Miss Ohio of 2012. He never made it to meet her. She went to the restaurant and Ryan never showed up. And Shana claims that he got enraged with her and picked her up and threw her at the couch and that she felt she was scared for her life. Um, and this, this story changes 5 million ways, like how he was violent with her. And also, I think her story differs a couple ways of how she shot him. Like some of it, he's on the ground, some of it, he's standing up. And of course, the trajectory will tell you how he is, you know. So yeah, they got into this altercation and it resulted in her picking up his gun from the table. The police found Ryan dead on the dining room floor and brought Shana in for questioning. After reading her her rights, Shana requested a lawyer. But despite calling that lawyer, she rambled on about the incident and her relationship with Ryan. Shana claimed he was abusive and she talked and she talked to officers for over three hours. Here's a portion of that interrogation. It was so painful to watch him die. And to know that I had done that, that I just walked around the table and shot him where I knew he would die immediately. It's fast. So that was directly from Shana's uh, interrogation. And that first part, I know it's a little hard to hear because the quality of these things oftentimes isn't the greatest. You know, it's, it's a police interrogation room. But the first part, she's acknowledging that she shot him. She's sitting there and she's talking about how she's shot Ryan and that it's painful for her. And then that she goes around the table to shoot him again to make sure he's dead. Then later in the interrogation, she's left alone and she starts singing Amazing Grace and about being a wretch that's saved. And right around after that, she also kind of is dancing around and goes, yep, I did it. It's a pretty startling interrogation. I've seen very few that are this well, kind of shocking. It's kind of similar to the Jodi Arias case and how she behaved in the interrogation room and to sing Amazing Grace after you've murdered your boyfriend. Yeah, it's Jodi Arias. She writes stuff. She was doing headstands in the interrogation room. And this speaks to that. It's someone who just feels like they are untouchable or don't care or completely uh, mentally removed from the situation? I don't know. But yeah, it definitely does not look good for Shayna. Shayna Hubers um, actually was referred to as the Kentucky Jody Arias. They say that sometimes when a person is being interrogated, 
they do things like that as a means to kind of ease some of their anxiety and that it manifests its way in a very strange, odd manner. On the flip of that, it just seems straight up callous. I mean, from the 911 tapes where she's hysterical and crying and claiming Ryan was trying to kill her to what was in that interrogation tapes where Shane is singing and dancing. Shane was just talking and it didn't make any sense. She also had changed her story because in the 911 call, Shana said she grabbed the gun out of Ryan's hands. When she was being interrogated, she said Ryan grabbed the gun from the table. Her demeanor was certainly jarring to begin with, but now simple details of what happened or not was inconsistent. I don't have another word other than shocking to hear a person, how deeply she's digging a hole for herself. And you realize from her demeanor that she doesn't think she is. She doesn't know what she's saying and how much trouble she's going to be in for for saying it. You just killed your boyfriend and just told the police a couple of different times in a couple of different ways that you did it and didn't keep your story straight about how you did it. Those are all red flags for investigators to somebody being guilty of premeditated murder. And even if it wasn't premeditated, if it was a crime of passion, it's still murder. And bottom line is she had just also found out that he was going to be going on a date with another woman and she was just jealous and she went into a rage and killed him. So now she's saying he's abusive and saying terrible things about him you know, after he's gone and unable to defend himself. You know, we've all been on on again, off again relationships like that. Sure. But I think the fact that Ryan was about to go on this date was the straw that broke the camel's back and that maybe this time Ryan really meant it was over. Right. She was going to lose to Miss Ohio. Yeah. It should be noted for the record. All these people are extremely good looking. It just adds a level of intrigue to this. Like they all look like they're Abercrombie models. They sure do. Like, yeah, straight out of a J. Crew catalog. I mean, Shayna is beautiful. And again, it's hard to imagine that somebody who has this much going for her, including a very close relationship with her own mother, has her whole life ahead of her, why she would throw it away. This was the way out. This was the best answer. Well, I wonder, because she was so beautiful, does she think that she could manipulate the system and the police officers into thinking that it was what she said it was? Yes, I think that's exactly what it was. I think she thought she could manipulate people and that she was too smart to not be believed. could definitely see it was an emotional situation. And obviously, you know, Shana was tremendously effective, but not in the right way. You know, Shana wasn't wishing things would have gone down differently. You know, I believe she even said something. uh, I I shot his nose off. He was so vain. He always wanted a nose job. And I just gave him one. You know, Shana originally stated she wanted to talk to an attorney, but she did not stop talking. And they literally had a rotation of officers that would go in because they couldn't handle it anymore. They would tag out. And then another officer went in. You know, she talked about she wanted to know if she, uh, there were showers in prison. Uh, and, and is anyone going to want to marry her because of this? I mean, she shot and killed her boyfriend in self-defense. And it was all me, 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 me. And every officer that went in that room could only stand it for a limited amount of time and literally rotated in and out. There is something that we haven't actually touched on. I do think there's a great deal of narcissism when it comes to her. And I know that one of the the police also said she thought she was too smart to get caught, that everyone would believe her story and that there was no way she would end up in jail. I'm right. Look at me. 
look at the situation I'm in. Please believe me so you don't send me to jail. You, you look at this and, and you see Ryan, who seems to be, from all accounts, a pretty nice guy. She's not going to listen to no, and she's going to get to the point where it's either her or he's dead. Shana was indicted for murder in December of 2012, and bail was set at $5 million. She waited in jail for two and a half years after Ryan's death for her case to go to trial. Her defense? Domestic abuse. Shana was sentenced to 40 years in prison and eligible for parole in 20 years. The judge was not a fan of Shana and informed her that he did not believe she was a victim of domestic abuse. The case seemed closed up tight, but four months later, Shana appealed her conviction. Turns out, one of the jurors at her trial was a convicted felon, and in the state of Kentucky, felons are not allowed to sit on a jury. So in August of 2018, with her attorney maintaining that Shana had been abused, she took the stand in her second trial. In her first trial, she didn't uh, testify uh, in her own defense. Well, yeah, and that's normal. It's normal for someone, you know, up for murder to not go to the stand and testify because you can, you can say things up there to the prosecutor that your defense attorney might not want you to say, right? And she decides it's a good idea to put herself on the stand. Of course she does because she's a complete narcissist. Can we get the actual definition of that? Narcissism is extreme self-involvement to the degree that it makes a person ignore the needs of those around them. While everyone may show occasional narcissistic behavior, true narcissists frequently disregard others or their feelings. They also do not understand the effect that their behavior has on other people. So oftentimes we've seen from a forensic standpoint, people who are able to, to commit murder oftentimes are narcissists because they don't really have empathy. Symptoms include an excessive need for admiration, which Shana had, disregard for others' feelings, which Shana clearly had, and an inability to handle any criticism and a sense of entitlement. All things Shana seemed to embody. And none of us are medical professionals, but if you just look at those things, she definitely is looking like a narcissist. Let's stop here for another quick break. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity, and it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? 
Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Please visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. What if we told you about a major breakthrough on awesome savings on all-inclusive beach vacays? OMG, this could break the case. Case? I'm talking about CheapCaribbean.com. It's full of hot savings. At CheapCaribbean.com, score an extra $175 off site-wide on vacations of four nights or more now through June 3rd. Swim up bar in Punta Cana or dip your toes in the sand on the shores of Cancun. We gotta take this show on the road. Start at CheapCaribbean.com. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. In that second trial, she talked about her first date with Ryan, supposedly, and how she'd felt unsafe with him. And then she later, this is directly from the transcript, she wrote, I thought he was going to snap my neck because of the way he was jerking my head around. And he had all of his weight on me and he was jerking my head around with his hand in my hair, which was not mentioned at all prior to this testimony, not in her interrogation not in the 911 call. It was never mentioned that he grabbed her by the head and jerked her around. What she said was that he picked her up and threw her into the couch. So again, all she's doing is digging a hole because she's bringing up stuff that she never talked about before. I remember that they also discussed um, if things had gone down the way Shana said they had. You know, Ryan had this shelving unit with all sorts of, you know, books and pictures and uh, smoking pipes. And there was nothing knocked over. So if there was a physical struggle like Shana had claimed, uh, which I believe was at the first trial, you know, these items would have been scattered all over the room. And they were perfectly placed, standing up on their own. So she really had no leg to stand on. I remember the cops saying that to them, they walked in that apartment and it did not at all look like an altercation had happened because everything seemed to be in its place, even if it was messy. And actually a messy apartment's kind of the best marker of a fight happening because everything goes everywhere when a fight happens. You know, it's all over the floor, it's whatever, right? None of that was true in this crime scene. The other thing that came out when she came up on the stand was um, that I found really kind of bizarre was her description after she shot Ryan the first time. This is a direct quote from her, she said, When he was first shot, he let out a really loud noise that sounded like an animal. It sounded like a bear, some type of wild animal that 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 really freaked me out. Again, it's back to her and how it affects her. She's just shot another human being and she's freaked out. When I was reviewing all the transcripts of the trial and hearing Shana's testimony, I was wondering that that leaves the door open to a lot of different types of questions. But... In the first trial, they didn't put Shana on the stand. Her interrogation, and and even in the second trials, the things she says is totally based on how this affected her, her perspective. And ultimately, you know, in trying to peg herself as a victim when there's no evidence of that. 
Yeah, she does sound very cruel in those moments. What came out in court is the prosecution brought up one of her cellmates and the the cellmate was like, well, I'm doing this because I think the family deserves justice, meaning Ryan's family. And the defense attorney is like, that's why you're doing it. And he's, he's, you know, kind of badgering her. And then he goes, so, so you've made up your mind that she shot him. And she goes, well, yeah, when somebody tells me that they shot him in the face, then yeah, I believe them. And that's what she did. Apparently, Shana told her cellmate that she shot Ryan in the face. That's not very smart. You know, Shana laughed about it. I mean, it wasn't like she was, you know, talking about what she was in prison for and stoic and sorrowful. Uh, you know, I think Shana thought that she could plead she was abused and she was battered and sell this. And beyond the fact that she was she was brilliant, she thought she was good looking, she was going to tell the story and just sell it. And I don't think for a second Shana realized that other people. I mean, this is someone else who's incarcerated who agreed and no one was none of the people from jail testified against her or got anything in return. They were just trying to tell the truth. And it made it look even worse than the first trial. Yeah. And then apparently boasting that she's as smart as Einstein to them. Something tells me uh, she was not very popular. If all of these cellmates were in prison, people in prison were testifying against her, she didn't do herself any favors in prison. In the second trial, they put a lot of focus about their sex life. And the fact uh, Shana said uh, Ryan would get mad when she didn't climax during sex. Um, and that they would have rough sex. I mean, this was days upon days of testimony about their sex life. I wonder, was Shana trying to put this in the spotlight and make it salacious in some way to distract from what this was really about, which was Ryan's murder? You know, Shana loved this person, and if they had an evolved relationship and she ended up killing him, there would be some remorse somewhere in all of this. But it really seems to be Shayna thumbing her nose at the process and at the laws and everything else that she was going to, you know, get out of it. It's like this pretty girl that gets to sort of float through all of those scenarios, even in prison, is sort of applauded because how could a pretty girl be in prison? How could a pretty girl do bad things? Yeah, we've seen it time and time again that people favor people who are good looking. So Shayna's cellmate, Cecily Miller, testified against Shayna at the second trial and that Shana would incessantly share uh, that she was a good actress and that she did it, but she was going to get away with it. Well, yeah, she had a lot of stories for Cecily. And I think this goes back to her narcissism. In the second trial, I think they were going to try to set this up as a temporary insanity type of thing, but I don't think she could help herself. It's true. I think she was too smart for her own good. Or she thought she was too smart for her own good. The second trial also didn't end in Shayna's favor. She was once again convicted of murder and received a life sentence. She's being held at the Kentucky Correctional Institute for Women under medium security. She's eligible for parole on September 16th, 2032. Crazy in Love is produced by Stephanie Lidecker, Beth Greenwald, Chris Graves, Lisa DiGiovine, Jeff Shane, Tim Hamilton, and me, Courtney Armstrong. Editing and sound design by Jeff Twa. Additional editing by Davey Cooper-Wasser. Crazy in Love is a production of iHeartRadio and KT Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ocean by H10 Hotels and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.